Welcome to Scooby-Doo Legend of the Podcast. Today we will be discussing Chapter 3, Wanted Cheddar Alive. So, before we jump in, I have some news to make quick. Today I'll be joined with a different host, not Mariah, not our regular host, because unfortunately she has gotten sick due to some unfortunate circumstances. Not going to go totally into it because it's personal and obviously we don't want to talk about it. <laughs> but, so I have contacted many friends, other podcasters, and just the Scooby community to see if they would be willing to help out. And luckily I have some amazing friends, amazing people in my life who have jumped in to come help with the podcast. So for an undetermined amount of episodes, I will be having some guest hosts helping me while Mariah is getting better. So today <laughs> I have my BFF, my sister from another mother. I got Angie with me. What up, guys? I'm so excited to be here. So, yeah, I was like, hey, uh, Mariah's sick. You, like, want to come help? Yeah. And so, um, luckily, she was like, yes, let's let's do this. A little late, but, like, it's fine. No one has to know that we're recording these out of order. It's fine. I mean, I figured people, like, would know, but still. As long as they're released in order. Yeah, true. And we got dogs as special guests as well, making noises. Can't have a Scooby podcast without some dogs here. <laughs> Never. You can't. I can't do anything without dogs. I have to have some form of dogs in all my content. I feel like it's just a staple of <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Either they're guesting on my videos or they're making noises somewhere. You know, they will make themselves known. Yeah. So. Find they're adorable. <laughs> like I said, we are uh, on chapter 3, episode 3, A Pup Named Scooby-Doo. This is Wanted Cheddar Alive. Before we dive in, I have to say, though, that this is a little confusing because it's... I'm not quite sure which is totally episode 3 between this one and the Schnick who took my comic book. So we're seeing this one's episode 3 and the Schnick who took my comic book is episode 4. Oh. Mainly because we've already recorded that one and said it's episode four. <laughs> so we're just going to go with this. Uh, if you think it's the opposite order, I mean, it doesn't really matter right now. Uh, but yeah, so episode three, Wanted Cheddar Alive. Little quick review. What'd you think of the episode? I enjoyed it. It was fun. Full of little hidden gems. Yeah. Well, it was very classic Scooby-Doo, I mm -hmm. felt. It followed that line very nicely. I was so excited that the monster was a cheese monster. <laughs> I love cheese. Okay, no, I have to rephrase that. I don't, like, love the food cheese. I mean, I do like cheese. But, like, I just like the word cheese. And so my answer for everything is cheese. And the fact that there's a cheese monster, you know, I'm, I was down for it. Okay, so, um, to be honest, I didn't really remember this episode very well. I remember the first part when it was like, oh, no, all the Scooby Snacks are gone. Like, I really remember that part, but then the rest of it, I was like, oh, I don't remember all this. So, I don't know. It was kind of a refresher, a good refresher for me. But we will jump into it. Um, who do you want to start with first? Um, first of all, I think we should start with the settings. Yeah. Let's like, where is this happening? What is everywhere. going on? <laughs> yes. So, yeah, setting. 
Uh, we're still in Coolsville. They have not left Coolsville yet, which is interesting. So it takes place mainly in the Scooby Snack Factory, but the Scooby Snack Factory is in Coolsville. So that was interesting. I know we will see a Scooby Snack Factory in the next series uh, after this one that we're in, which is What's New Scooby-Doo. Mm, and classic. I wonder if it's going to be in the same place or if it's going to be in an, like a, a new Scooby Snack Factory or something. No. I don't know. We'll have to see once we get there. But this is not the only time we're going to see the Scooby Snack Factory. Scooby Snack Fact. Yeah, right? <laughs> Um, and, uh, well, at the beginning, Shaggy tells us it's nighttime, but then we jump into the next morning. So the mystery takes place during the day, uh, but the monster, like the cold opening, as they call it, is, uh, at night when the monster attacks. And the monster is, I mean, he's a cheese monster, so he comes from the cheese lab. And that's all I had for settings. Pretty much. I mean, we start out with the Scooby Snack Factory. It goes from the chocolate lab mm -hmm. to the cheese lab. And then we jump to the morning to Shaggy's house. Still yeah. decorated in Christmas. It, yeah. But like, the lights aren't on. It's just... Yeah, they twinkle. <laughs> it, I don't know. What is happening? I think he, they're just one of those families that just leaves them up. It's too know. lazy to take them down. <laughs> No, to each his own. Yeah, yeah. So, um, we also... Okay, I, I don't know if it was a mall or, like, a market. It looked more like a marketplace. Okay. I mean, once they figure out that they're all out of Scooby Snacks, Scooby is, like, to the store. <laughs> I mean, booking it. Shaggy's got a hold of his tail, like, just flowing mm -hmm. in the wind. They run to the store, which is all so all out of Scooby yep. Snacks. Which I thought it was interesting because when they do run to the store, he has his leash on. And what's funny is there's a movie later on where, because, you know, you hardly ever see him with his leash. Like, mm -hmm. they just expect him to stay. And He's a good dog. Yeah. He's got full personality. And there's a, a movie, um, I don't know, we haven't talked about it yet, uh, but Curse of the 13th Ghost, which came out last year. And basically, like, the the sheriff of the town uh, was talking to him. They, like, uh, caught an innocent man and whatever. And so the sheriff was like, okay, you guys, like, need to rethink what you're doing. Maybe leave it to the professionals and whatever. Anyway, so he's, like, getting mad at him. And he's all, we do have a leash law in this town and whatever. And so it's interesting. Like, right now he has a leash, but... Later, they just clip it off, but they get on him. <laughs> They're like, oh, where's that leash? Who knew there was a leash law? Yeah. So, anyway. Okay, yeah, so there's our setting, Scooby Snack Factory. Yeah. That's pretty much it. <laughs> so, um, we'll go into Fred, because he's just the leader of them all. Yeah. Uh, so, he, like, learns about the Scooby Snacks going away and missing and being sold out and whatever and he's basically like let's just take matters into our own hands well the scooby snack or scooby snack the scooby dude detective agency we'll get this figured out and he's just you know eventually uh i know he's gonna be like hey scooby dude detective agency like here's our number call us and whatever right so he's just like we got to get our Gotta get it out there. A good Gotta vibe right now, you know? Like Gotta a, get it going. Good word. 
I mean, he goes straight into it because Scooby's like <laughs> freaking out. So he's like, all right, let's do it. Let's find mm-hmm. out what is happening, why they're not there. And so they get to the the factory and there's like something in the bush making noises and whatever. And, uh, he's all, I am brave, like I'll get him or whatever. And then he pushes Daphne. Go get him, Daphne. Poor Daphne. Dude, I, th- I feel that like Daphne is the bravest. Oh, yeah. She jumps out. She's like, I'm not going in that bush. Yeah. Number one, it's a bush. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> throw that mess up my there. hair. Right? I mean, her hair is prime. There's a, well, it's the very first episode of What's New Scooby-Doo. They're like at a snowboard ski resort type thing. Mm -hmm. And so it's at night and Fred had injured his legs. So he's like watching Daphne through the window. She's like, I'll go, you know, search for clues because all of you are (laughs) stuck in bed and whatever. And uh, so she takes like a snowmobile and whatever and was riding. And like you get this little montage of her going, jumping and whatever. And then it cuts to Fred. You call that careful? So, you know, Daphne's just like, I'm going for it. Whatever. It's not not about that coward life. Yeah, no. Honestly, later on in, along with Fred, thinks he's brave. Not so much. (laughs) I feel like the same goes. He's very forgetful. Yep. We see, like, two seconds later that he's like, Scooby, let's do it for a Scooby snack. And then Scooby starts crying. He's like, no, I forgot. There's no Scooby snacks. You're like, okay, Fred, that's your whole purpose (laughs) of what you want to do right now is find out why. (laughs) So. Poor Scooby. No. Tears for Scooby. So he sees the monster first, which you pointed out to me. Yes. Going on, once they get into the factory, mm-hmm. they're, like, searching for the cheese monster. He opens up the closet. It's like, oh, there's nothing in here except a cheese monster. Closes the closet. Everyone's like, wait. <laughs> yeah. Cheese monster. And then comes bursting out, and they all run out of the cheese lab. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, he sees it first. And I believe in the last two, it was Scooby that saw it yeah, first. Yeah, it was. Mm-hmm. So, interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised it wasn't even, like, shaggy. I like, know. Yeah, it was straight out. I mean, they did it. Prime. Yes. But <laughs> I feel like it would have been better had Scooby or Shaggy seen the monster yeah. first. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you're going to throw it in there, like, sure, <laughs> give Fred some joy. <laughs> he also later on, he accuses himself of doing it. Yep. Mm-hmm. They're searching for clues and who they see, one of the side characters, Mr. Rockford, is that what it is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they see him and Fred knows he's got cheese on his shoe. He's like, you did it. You have cheese on your shoe. Mr. Rockford's like, so do you. He's like, what? Maybe I did it. Yeah. Daphne's just like, no. Well, he said something about that. uh, Like, he saw something on TV about sleepwalking bank robbers. So he's like, what if I'm part of that? (laughs) Fred, you got some issues. He's watching too much TV, apparently. Well, he did think that, what was it? Aliens were going to turn them into cheese Cheese, people. Mm -hmm. That was one of his accusations. So. (gasps) Poor Fred. Fred needs help. (laughs) You need someone to sit down with it. (laughs) Lay it all out. Be like, hey. (laughs) Which is sad because the poor kid doesn't get a break eventually in Mr. Incorporated. uh, Like the season one finale, he learns that his dad that he's known all his life isn't really his dad and that his dad stole like kidnapped him and told his real parents like 
get out or else I'm going to kill your son. Like, get out of town and whatever. Oh, my gosh. And then that same episode, the his fake dad, or Mayor Jones, as he's called throughout the first season, uh, he's, he's the villain in that episode. And so he gets unmasked and whatever. And then Fred's homeless because he doesn't know where his parents is. So then the beginning of season two, like the first three or so episodes, he's just total hobo look and he travels cross country walking to find his parents like oh my this gosh. poor kid is gonna be traumatized and so eventually when he like gets the mystery machine and has this deep connection with it it's no. like that's the one stable thing in his no, life he has a crisis later on yeah you know spoiler alert he loses it yeah but, you know we'll go into that deeper he has a crisis existential crisis it's fine he <laughs> gets something better it's okay well he sold it at that time there's also another time when uh, it's a revenge plot, spoiler alert, in Frank and Creepy, a movie, and uh, the the villain uh, explodes the mystery machine. Like, just blows it up. Tear. And so, like, he's going throughout the episode, or the movie, and, like, there's always these moments of, like, oh, don't worry, we'll grab it from the mystery machine. And every time he has, like, a moment of, oh, no, the mystery machine, you see the mystery machine explode, and then it goes out further further eventually the last time it does it it's like you can see the whole world the globe and whatever and it's just like this atomic bomb oh and you just see him like my life is over oh. so this poor child poor Fred. isn't gonna get a break when he's old. no dang poor, <laughs> poor fred no so he also calls them the crew again Oh, did he? Yes. Interesting. I didn't Later, pick up on that. Later, before he said, let's split up, mm-hmm. he's like, all right, crew. So he can't make up his mind. No, he's back and forth. Yep. So he also said split up, and of course, oh, he yes. went with Daphne, Velma went with Shaggy and Scooby, <laughs> which hilarities ensue. Oh, yes. Right. Um, that's really all I have for Fred. About the same. Okay. So we'll continue with Daphne. Uh, so Daphne, uh, well, so they go to the Scooby Snack Factory and they meet this, the owner of the Scooby Snack Factory, Mrs. Constance McSnack. That's what I got. Okay. They kept calling her Mrs. McSnack first. Yeah. So we didn't hear mm-hmm. the name until the end of the episode, I believe. But so they're like, you know, we'll solve the mystery and she's all... But your kids, and she's just straight up, I hasn't stopped us before. Like, okay, Daphne. Sassy girl. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sassy girl. You see that sass later on. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's well, and then cool. Velma picks it up, too. She gets sassy eventually. Well, yeah. They gotta be. They, seriously. They don't get paid. Like <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> gotta find some joy in it. Yeah. Sass everyone. So when Fred also is like, uh, Daphne, you know, go go get the monster or whatever in the bush. She's doesn't want to because the monster has cooties. This is not the first time that she's like, ew, cooties. Exactly. Well, they're young kids. They're, yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like they're around that age where it's like, cooties <laughs> yeah. are the big deal. <laughs> you can't get cooties from other no. people. So I think it's funny that she's still in that stage. Uh, she then also steps, I mean, not at that same moment, but she eventually steps in cheese and gets grossed out as well. 
and then gets even more grossed out after Scooby looks it off her shoe. Number one, it was, they're her new boots. Yeah. They're, again. Again. <laughs> new boots again. So, of course, and then dog drool. Mm-hmm. She's also grossed out that they got pizza in, Yeah. what is it, was it right before the romp? Yep, mm-hmm. Velma takes her handy-dandy yo-yo, that is a key part in this episode, turns on the factory to try to escape the cheese monster, and they all get dunked in different sauces. She got dumped in the pizza sauce. Mm -hmm. Grossed out by that. So. She's, yeah, her poor soul is just grossed out this whole episode. I mean, later on, they do get tied up, and her whole purpose of my skirt's getting wrinkled, grabs a nail file, cuts the ropes. Okay, I love that because, (laughs) again, in What's New Scooby-Doo, she's very much portrayed as, like, a MacGyver character, where Mm -hmm. she's just, she can get out of anything, she has the tools for this and that, like, gets out of situations. Doesn't she eventually learn, like, karate? Yeah, she does. Mm -hmm. So. She learns karate, and then in, well, that was in the first live-action film that we really learned that she, well... Okay, in the live-action film, she does karate after they split up, but then there's also a movie, uh, Scooby-Doo and the Samurai Sword, where she actually goes to Japan because she's, like, a finalist in this karate martial arts competition and whatever. And then um, in Scooby-Doo 2, Monsters Unleashed, uh, at one point they're, like, trapped in this cage ball, whatever, and, like, only... It, like, recognizes a thumbprint. It's, like, a thumbprint scanner thing to get out. And she pulls out blush and a pore strip and whatever. Anyway, she gets them out. And her line, once it opens, is, I love being a girl. <laughs> like, this girl just knows how to do it. Yes. Love her. <laughs> Let's see. What else? To... Oh, just a random note for her. She has gum. She does. She was ready with the gum. Of course. I mean, if Velma doesn't have it, Daphne Mm -hmm. does. I mean, she also is the cool girl. She called, who was it? Red Herring a geek. Yep. So we know just based on that, she is the cool girl Mm -hmm. in the gang or the crew. And she's living that Mm -hmm. (laughs) title. (laughs) Working with it. So eventually... Uh, Fred, Daphne, and Velma get, well, and Shaggy, get trapped by the monster, and this is during the romp we see him get trapped and whatever. And at first I was surprised because I only saw Shaggy get trapped, and I was like, oh, Shaggy's getting trapped, not Daphne, but then all of them get trapped. And we actually learned too in the live action film Daphne and Velma why she's so danger prone. So that'll be interesting to kind of learn about like because we'll see for a while that she'll be the one the damsel in distress and whatever but it'll be cool to learn why she's so danger prone (laughs) and i was watching um scooby-doo and the loch ness monster the other night and that when they go to uh england i don't know i can't i I don't know I've seen Scooby-Doo episodes at least once in my childhood. Yeah, where the crap do they go for that one? Because her, one of her cousins is there, and they have Blake Castle there, and 
they say there that the Blakes are just prone to... Just prone to danger. Mm -hmm. Scotland. Duh. Scotland. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I should have known that. That's all right. It's it's a long night. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Also, again, she's she's the one that keeps saying there's no ghosts, there's no monster. Yes. She's very hard mm-hmm. non-believer. Even after they see the cheese monster and she sees it, yep. she's still denying the fact that there is one. Mm-hmm. Very, she does not believe. Yeah. And I've, no, I haven't talked about it yet. <laughs> so it's interesting because then once they're older, she'll have, well, there's a whole series of 13 ghosts of Scooby-Doo where they deal with real supernatural ghosts and whatever, but it's only her, Shaggy, and Scooby. Fred and Velma are not part of that series, but then they're part of the, the movie that closes it out. And, you know, they're dealing with supernatural things then, and then in the movie, when they're having to explain to Fred and Velma what happened, you know, then it's like the roles have swapped. And they're mm-hmm. like, they were real, whatever, and Velma and Fred are like, nah, it's not. And well, and then even in Zombie Island, she's like, "Can't you just accept some things might be real?" So it's true. When she gets older, she, the roles will flop. I think she starts to notice mm-hmm. more and more that okay, she's been doing this since she was a little kid. Yep. Things tend to be real. Mm-hmm. And then I think further as we get along, Velma's like the more they unmask people, yeah. like it's not real. Mm-hmm. It's always it's one that we see in Scooby Natural. Yeah. crossover where it's like it's always some shady real estate yep. agent she's very determined <laughs> mm-hmm. on that when in that episode they're definitely dealing with some supernatural yeah. ghosts <laughs> but I mean later on it's interesting <laughs> that's all I can say about that one well and then there's the movie Scooby-Doo and the Goblin King where that that whole movie is supernatural times 20 so, yeah really and she like sees the fairy in that movie and just loses it. Like, she faints and just can't speak anymore. Like, her brain can't process supernatural stuff. Which is weird, because in this one, she's so silent yeah. in this series. But you can see that it makes sense to her. That, like, yeah. oh, there is a yep. monster here. Yep. <laughs> so, it's weird to see how she gets older. It rolls switch. Yep. And I think this is a great lead-in to Velma, because that's yep. all I had for Daphne. Oh, yeah, that's all I had, too. So, <laughs> good segue into Daphne. Yeah. Or, Velma. Into Velma. Blah, blah. Her yo-yo. Can oh, yes. we address the purple yo-yo? Her yo-yo is, like, the thing. Well, it's like her briefcase. It is. She didn't, she didn't have, have it this episode. She didn't. But mm. she had the yo-yo. The yo-yo. So it's and the magnifying the glass in her pocket. Uh-huh. Those were the two things that she had this one. Yep. Interesting. <laughs> I didn't connect that till you brought that up. Yeah. So she says Gene Keys and again gets the gang like, oh, she found a clue or whatever. And then, she said Gene Keys, there must be a clue. And then it breaks. It's like, we interrupt this program for a special announcement. And there's a newscaster, which is not the same newscaster that we saw in the previous episode. And But anyway, you see it's all like special announcement. <laughs> that was a very important clue. And then just cuts back. I was like, what? Okay. It was, it was great humor. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think she only says, because she says Jinkies, what, twice mm-hmm. in this episode? That time and then at the very end. Yeah. And then she asked for a piece of gum when, fun fact, Velma built a trap this episode. Again. 
Again. She's done all the oh, traps. So interesting. Fred has not stepped up to his role. Hmm. You slacking, slacking boy. Well, this time Velma's traps actually work. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> let me discuss this. So right now, oh, so far, <laughs> right now, so far, Velma has done the traps and they have worked. Why does Fred take over when hers are working? Because Fred's don't work. Except Fred's work in a different way. It's because of Scooby and Shaggy. So they don't work the way they're designed to. Yep. I feel like he makes them specifically. Because yeah, Scooby and Shaggy are true. always messing stuff mm-hmm. up. So if he makes the trap specifically knowing mm-hmm. Scooby and Shaggy will mess it up, it will work. Right. I feel like there's some logic behind that. Or at least I want to hope yeah. there is. Because if not, Fred, you're not bright. <laughs> you have problems. But I really don't want to believe that about Fred. I know. It's... Since he's like the leader, I don't want to... <laughs> I don't want to believe that. We'll have to see when that role swaps and kind of see, like, does he automatically start out bad at traps? or Because eventually he gets obsessed with traps. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I just think it's interesting that they were like, okay, Velma, I'll take over, even though you're doing great at it. Well, does it come to a time when it switches over that she ends up getting bad at it? True. That he'll take over. True. Speculation. You have a point. Okay. Because why does it switch mm-hmm. over? Why does Fred take over on the traps? But okay. it's something that this A Pup Named Scooby-Doo came out after the original, the, the original mm-hmm. where you see Fred was building yeah. all the traps. Mm-hmm. So what made them decide yeah. that Velma should be the one in charge of the traps? True. So it's out of order and we're watching it in a different order. Mm-hmm. So this is what this podcast is for. Yes. <laughs> Well, I'm wondering, because the the series before this one was the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, which they, and the one before that was, like, the, the new Scooby-Doo Mysteries, and for, like, five or ten years, they had taken out Fred and Velma, and, mm-hmm. well, and for a little bit, they had taken out Daphne, too, but then they kind of got to a point where it was, like, n- nothing's progressing without one of them, and... <laughs> Nobody wants to watch, like... <laughs> multiple series with just Shaggy yeah. and Scooby. I'm sorry. They can only do so much. time, yeah. Especially the way that they develop their characters. You can only get so far. But, so, the, yeah, so the one before A Pup uh, didn't have Fred and Velma because they were considered boring to kids. And so they'd only show up once in a while. And anyway, so then this was the technically the first series to reintroduce Fred and Velma back into Scooby-Doo. And so I'm wondering if they were just trying to like give them a new dy- dynamic to Mix it refresh up a them. Yeah. That would make a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. That's that, it's a good point. So anyway. Uh, so like we had said before, Velma also goes with Shaggy and Scooby once they split up. And she actually dresses up with them. She does when they're doing their Whoa. monster distractions. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Classic. I'm really glad that they're in this one. Yes. Because I would be sad. But it's interesting. She doesn't often dress up no. with them. Mm-mm. You don't. I know that you see it a few times, but mm-hmm. not much. I just. So, I Well, and even before then. This is the first time she dresses up, though, isn't it? Or does she well, dress for, up in the other two? For the monster distraction, yes. Yes. Because in the first episode, they 
dressed up as like nurses and doctors to well, care in, for Fred. In this one, when she's taking care of Scooby at the beginning of the episode, she's in a doctor's she did it outfit. Again, yeah. So she does dress up, mm-hmm. but not to distract the monsters. Yeah. Interesting. That it makes me believe like she has these almost like these kits, like a detective kit, a nurse kit, uh, you know? Yeah, and of course they have an outfit, so she's yeah. got to wear it. She has yeah. to be that part. Very versatile child. Because I know in What's New Scooby-Doo, we will get a flashback to a pup named Scooby-Doo. Not to, like, a moment that we we will see in this series, but they it just it's like a flashback, and they're, again, kids and whatever. But it's Velma's fifth birthday, and... Uh, she is like getting an encyclopedia for her birthday and whatever. So I'm like, she's one of those kids that gets like you know these yeah. sets of like you know I, I like I said detective and whatever. So she's got that great imagination, but she's mm-hmm. very. I would I would definitely say she's on the smarter side. Yeah. Since her brain is just working that way, mm-hmm. but because she's still a kid at heart. She still dresses up. She still is with it. Mm -hmm. She's very silent. So, do you know she's the youngest in the game? Yes, I do. Okay. I I was listening to the podcast (laughs) episodes prior, and I heard that, which was a new fact Mm -hmm. for me when I heard it. I did not know that. Yes. So, that would make a lot of sense. So, uh, did I say it in the last episodes? But, like, when they're teenagers, she's technically 14. No, you don't. Okay, so that. when they're teenagers, which is how we'll see them for the most part, uh, Shaggy's 16. And so we actually see in the third live action film, The Mystery Begins, uh, he starts out as the only one with a driver's license at the time. So. Interesting. Shaggy's 16 for, you know, some time. And then Fred and Daphne are 15. Eventually they get to 16, obviously, because Fred drives. And then um, Velma's 14. And then Scooby is 7. So. And we also do see eventually Daphne taking her driver's test. Oh. Fun. Yeah. Want to watch that one later? Drives into a tree. (laughs) You know. I mean, who hasn't? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) I mean, I personally haven't. (laughs) But you know. (laughs) Question other things. We Who won't. We, know? we won't open that can of worms. <laughs> okay, let's see. Velma. She is the one that explains at the very end who it is. Yep. Like all the clues lead to one person. Fred jumps in like it's red herring. <laughs> yeah. Velma's like Fred. It's never red herring. That was Daphne. She said, Fred, it's never... I swear it was Velma. Was it Velma? I could have sworn it was Velma because I thought Daphne was freaking out that she had oh, chocolate on her. Oh, sorry. Brain. No. Yeah, that was Velma. Velma says, Fred, it's never red herring. Like, just give it up. Okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stop it. And it's mm-hmm. funny because Velma, for the most part, always does do the expositions. Mm-hmm. And there's a movie, uh, Scooby-Doo, Abracadabra do. And at the beginning, like, when we see them capture the beginning monster or whatever, <laughs> her mom calls her and, like, right as they're about to unmask and, you know, explain to the police. And she's all, Mom, can't talk. Exposition time. <laughs> so she's like, I got to do this. But then she's, her mom's all, like, family crisis. And so she's like, Fred, take this over. So. All right. But, yeah, so she's, like, the designated expositionist. So. It would make sense. Yeah. 
So she's the one finding all the clues and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, we did already kind of talk about she traps the monster. She does yeah. the traps, but she also uses that gum to stop Shaggy and Scooby from rolling around on a chair. That's true. <laughs> They're rolling around a chair with Mr. Rockford when yep. they first meet him. Interesting. I didn't. I didn't quite pick that one up. Mm. I picked up when they captured the monster. Yeah, yeah. So. So. Okay, that's all I have for Velma. Mm, about the same. Okay, cool, cool. The same. So Shaggy, he does a monologue again in the beginning of the episode. He has done one every time so far, and I'm wondering: is it always going to be him? Does another member of the gang do an exp- or mm-hmm. like a monologue at the beginning? And I think it's funny because eventually in the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, there's a character uh, that's introduced. His name's Vincent Van Gogh. He's played by Vincent Price. And Smart choice. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. He does a monologue, I believe, like at the beginning of every episode. And uh, I mean, not that this has anything to do with this series, but it's really cool because like uh, at the beginning of that series, like he's talking basically introducing us to the series kind of what's going on mm-hmm. and he like says you know like one of the last things he says in his monologue on the first episode is like the 13 ghosts of scooby-doo and whatever so that series uh there's this chest of demons they uh accidentally release the demons in there and there's 13 of them and they're supposed to be 13 most dangerous and scary monsters and whatever upon the face of the earth and there's 13 episodes in that series the first one being they let him out and only the person that lets only the people that let the demons out can put him back in and so that's why they have to go capture him and anyway so long story short that series got cancelled before the last episode they caught 12 never got the final one caught because people were like, it's promoting demonic stuff and the devil. And they say that about everything. Right? Sensitivities. <laughs> so, finally, last year we had the film Curse of the 13th Ghost, which concluded the series. And uh, he, uh, Vince Van Gogh does a monologue during like the opening credits of that movie. And he's basically almost catching you up if you didn't watch the series or if you know it's just like a refresher like previously you know i feel like that's what monologues are usually for it's yeah. like in shorter episodes like these ones that are like barely barely mm-hmm. a half hour it's to like set it up so you can just yeah. get right into the story same as like when you've got the previously on or it's been a chunk of time between yeah. like movies or episodes it's like hey let's throw in a monologue set it up mm-hmm. get right into it that way you don't have to do all yeah. the flashbacks and Drill. different things like that so you can just monologue it straight mm-hmm. in it's get but so the last thing he said in that monologue is uh like capture the 13th ghost of scooby-doo so the the last thing he says in his last monologue is what he said in the his very first monologue anyways random random side note there just <laughs> monologues <laughs> they're happening the, the new in thing, yes. the old new in thing. It's I don't coming know. back, <laughs> <laughs> making a comeback. So we learn Shaggy knows how to make pancakes. It's true, he seems to be the cook yeah. of the family. Mm-hmm. 
So, but there was only enough batter for one more good pancake. <laughs> one giant <laughs> pancake. And he's all, Scooby, you want to split this with me? Have half? And Scooby's in a downer Not a morning mood. person. No, he is not. Not a morning dog. Mm-mm. Shaggy says he doesn't wake up until he's had his breakfast. Yep. Which are different flavored Scooby, Scooby snacks. snacks. And he, like, sets up din- like a plate, a breakfast plate, and, like, candles and everything. Funny. Like, he's it, ready. Yeah. And it's funny because in... Return to Zombie Island, speaking of, like, not morning person. I mean, Scooby wasn't sleeping, like, all night. But, like, after they get off the ferry boat in that movie, and they have to ride in a van to the mansion and whatever. And at one point, I mean, Scooby and Shaggy fell asleep in the van. And Fred's eventually like, Scooby, how are you? And he just kind of, huh, what? Like, he's not waking up. He's like, nope. So, yeah, he's... He does not wake up easily. <laughs> so, uh, we also learn they have a pantry full of Scooby Snacks. Oh, it's like a mile long. <laughs> there are tons, every single one a different flavor. Mm-hmm. They And in this episode, they go through each flavor. I think it starts out with eggs and then yeah. tomato. <laughs> and they search through everything and then it ends up with like garlic yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. And completely out. And that's what sets Scooby off. And Shaggy's just like, oh. Okay, yep. well, you know, you could try the other biscuits, and Scooby's just, like, dying no, dramatic yeah. diva dog over yeah, there. Really, though? <laughs> so. I feel like Shaggy and Scooby are, like, one in the same in this oh, episode. Yes. They're very. Oh, yeah. They were, I feel like, together the whole time, and, like, mm-hmm. anytime someone mentions Scooby Snacks, Shaggy's all, like, shh. Don't bring it up. Like he, I know that there's several times where he just like hugs Scooby. He's yeah. like, look what you've done mm-hmm. to my dog. <laughs> there's, I th- there's one part where they do get separated when Shaggy gets trapped yep. and tied up. It's mm-hmm. up to Scooby and Shaggy's the whole time doubtful. It's like yeah. without Scooby snacks, he's a scared cat. He runs yeah. away. It is terrible. And all of a sudden, Scooby's like, I need to be there for Shaggy. Shaggy's mm-hmm. in trouble, goes back and is like brave for his best friends. It's a really, like, touching, sweet moment. I'm, but, like, why are you doubting your dog? <laughs> well, that's... Oh, the... Uh, the... Scoob teaser trailer is out currently. And we see them meet for the first time. And, like, such a touching moment. Like, which... Okay, random side note with Scoob, okay? So, we only have the teaser trailer out at the moment of recording this. And there is a huge emphasis on on the collar and he's he says well shaggy puts it on and scooby's all i'll never take it off there has to be a moment in that movie where it's like give me the collar or something it breaks it falls off he has to give it up like there has to be a big thing and we're all gonna cry yeah because why are they emphasizing this collar already so anyway random side note I feel like I could be totally wrong, but I feel like there's one point in time in somewhere mm-hmm. where Scooby loses his collar, and it's, like, a big thing to try to get it. There's a, well... I have, like, a memory, but I don't know. There's a What's New Scooby-Doo episode where, uh, basically, there's, like, a, a double of Scooby, like, another animal portrays a Scooby to try to trick the gang and whatever, and he doesn't have his collar... As, you know, like, the double doesn't have his collar and Shaggy the whole time was like, where's your collar? Like, what happened? Dude. And then in Zombie Island, too, the cat creature, uh, 
Jacques rips it off of him. That's true. I mean, he it pops back on, you know, movie yeah. magic. But... Animation. Let's just, <laughs> I can't draw it without the collar. Yeah. But, you know. Yeah, I wonder, yeah, if we will see eventually, like, a big moment of, oh, no, the collar. I mean, I'm interested to see again with Scoob what happens with his collar. But, I mean, his collar is a trademark of him. Yeah. Shaggy sniffs out the monster. <laughs> Scooby is not doing his job because there's no Scooby yeah. snacks. So, <laughs> I could see a little black line that was a leash. Yep. Shaggy has a leash on and is walking on all fours, sniffing out the bad guy. Yeah. It's when they split up. Velma's got the leash. Mm-hmm. Scooby's just in the back cracking up. <laughs> <laughs> it's the funniest thing. Poor Shaggy. I mean, he went for it. Yeah, true. So... And this whole time, Shaggy was truly like, the Joker in this episode. He was making all the puns. Oh, oh yes. That's so, a trademark of him. I love it. And yeah. he'll, yeah, he'll make puns. He'll make jokes. Uh, and uh, I keep talking about this, but Curse of the 13th Ghost because uh, Vincent Van Gogh will make, like, ghoul puns and whatever. Like, uh, there was... Oh, my favorite in that movie. So, in the beginning of the series... In that series, we the chest of demons is in this like temple, and that's where they release them. It's like hiding in the depths of that temple so that no one will find it and open it and whatever. And anyway, so in the movie, supposedly Shaggy had sent the chest, like mailed the chest of demons back to Vincent, and he had mailed it to the temple in the Himalayas, where they started out and whatever and. So once they meet up with Vincent in the movie, uh, Vincent's all, you know, like, quick, grab the chest and whatever. And he's all, I sent it to you and whatever. And he's all, I don't have it and whatever. And he's all, where'd you send it? And anyway, so Shaggy's all, send it to that temple, like, your home and whatever. And (laughs) Vincent's all, that's not my home. That was an air boo and boo. I'm like, oh boy. Puns. Uh, puns are truly the greatest <laughs> gift of the world. <laughs> so punny. I mean, this uh, title is a pun. Cheddar alive. I feel every, almost every one of these yep. are a pun. Yep. It's prime. <laughs> so we had talked about that they dressed up at one point mm-hmm. to trick the monster, and then also that Shaggy gets trapped with the rest of the gang. Um, during the romp, and uh, he also, like, once they capture the monster, Shaggy suggests they call the police before they unmask the villain. So That's they, new. Yeah, they didn't pull the mask off until the cops well, got there. <clears throat> they uh, suggested that they do that. Scooby ended up eating half yeah. of the guy's costume. Yeah. The monster ran out, and you see, like, boxers and a shirt just, like, running out. And you're like, oh, (laughs) K-Scoop. Yeah, all that was left was the head of the monster on Mm -hmm. him. So, Scooby just, yeah, ate ate it. So, then, for Scooby, I mean, we've kind of talked about him for the most part. Uh, he, He wasn't, I mean, he was scared, but, like... To go into the Scooby Snack Factory, he was pretty eager to go in just to find the snacks, 
find what happened, even though there was a monster in there. There was one moment that he saw one singular Scooby snack on the ground, <laughs> went to go eat it, and a rat ate it instead. He's yeah. just like, excuse you. And thus is born, actually, the rival between other animals. <laughs> we will see this throughout many different episodes of either other animals taking Scooby snacks or other foods from him, or just other animals taunting him and him getting, like, P.O.'d from this animal. And this is where it begins. <laughs> Takes his Scooby snack, and he's like, I don't trust any other animals. Man, don't mess with this Scooby snack. Right? <laughs> so. I don't really have anything else for Scooby nor Shaggy. Well, my one other Unless note you do. is that once they solve the mystery and everything, the owner of the Scooby oh, Snack right. factory rewards them with a year supply of the new Scooby Snacks, which are bubblegum. And uh, Shaggy actually notes that it is actually only enough for a day's worth of eating. Um, one other note that you actually had was that there were chocolate flavored Scooby Yes. Snacks. I have grown up knowing that dogs can't have chocolate. Yeah. There's something in it that is dangerous mm -hmm. to them. So you brought up that it could be a chocolate substitute. Yeah. Because the first thing they do in it is they're testing what everything's working correctly. Mm -hmm. The chocolate taste is okay-ish. Like it was good enough. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, okay, is that not full chocolate? Why are you giving yeah. dogs chocolate? Now I'm worried. That's, yeah, I'm wondering if it's just like so, imitation chocolate. Well, then like especially how many other flavors that yeah. you see in... Shaggy and Scooby's pantry. Mm -hmm. What other things are you giving dogs that they're not supposed to have? Yeah. Are they real? Is this not what is happening? True. I am a little skeptical of the Scooby Snack Factory yeah. now. Really though. I have some questions. Constant mix snack. What are you doing? Okay, so that's all I have for the gang. Um, we'll jump into some side characters now. Well, we. Obviously had red herring in this episode, and he's first hiding in a bush at the Scooby Snack Factory, hoping to see the monster to actually thank him for taking all the Scooby Snacks. Anyone who messes up Scooby's life and makes him yeah. miserable is a friend of the red herring. Yeah. He specifically states that. <laughs> also shake his hand and congratulate him. And that is when I believe Daphne goes, you're a geek. Yep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so... Not the greatest of children. No. That's honestly all he does. It's true. So, um, we also have... He does get chocolate dumped on him. That's yes, how he leaves. That's how he's leaving. He, he leans on the lever as he's making fun of him. Chocolate dumps on him. The gang laughs at him. And he, like, pouts away. Yeah, Like, yeah. stomps away angrily. He's like, mm, whatever. <laughs> we have Mrs. Constance McSnack. Again, the owner of the Scooby Snack Factory. Uh, really, the only thing that I had for her is that she doubted their skills because they're kids. Mm -hmm. At the beginning on the newscast, we see her going, oh, there's no more mm -hmm. Scooby Snacks. It's a travesty. Yeah. And then she's like, I doubt you. And in the end, she comes back and is like, good job, kids. Yeah. It's I like... mean, she did reward Scooby, but... At the same time, <laughs> she, she does talk about Mr. Rockford that's like, oh... He could be the one mm -hmm. that did this. But, you know, and in the end, she hires him back. 
like during the whole process of yeah. them trying to get the monster, mm-hmm. who she basically says, you know, he could be the one. Yeah. She rehires him. <laughs> so interesting. Yeah. So Boris Rockford, mm-hmm. he was fired. He created a zucchini squid mm-hmm. flavored Scooby snack. Ugh. Like what? It's disgusting. I mean, yeah. well, then he creates a bubblegum flavor, and that's yeah. also kind of... Mm. I was expecting more of, like, a cheddar flavor, because that was, like, the main... Yeah. That would have made uh-huh. more sense with the whole cheese lab. True. And that was the new flavor, so he was trying to stop it from happening. Like, mm-hmm. no. It was straight up bubblegum, and it was, like, plot twist. Yeah. What you think <laughs> is a lie. We also get kind of misled... He has a new blue suit that they had found previously to meeting him and then believe for a minute that it's his new mm-hmm. suit. It is not. not. So then we had Larry P. Acme, who is the Acme dog biscuit owner, who on the news broadcast at the beginning says that his company will provide the his dog biscuits while the Scooby Snack Factory is in its dilemma. There was a moment there where at the beginning he's like, now that Scooby Snacks are out of business, I will provide mm-hmm. it. And then he goes, well, temporarily. Yeah. It's like, okay, okay. <laughs> you know, you definitely are up to something. Mm-hmm. He seemed very nervous on the TV. Like he was yeah. going to give something away. We see him later when we first meet Constance McSnack. And he's very easygoing about it. He's like, oh, mm-hmm. well, since your factory's down, no one can go in it. You can come work for me and bring your secret yeah. formula. <laughs> She's like, oh, well, all the formula's in there. And he's like, interesting. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. And like, s- slithers away. Yeah, basically. Much. And you're just like, <laughs> okay. Mm. Sketchy. Sketchy character. Which is good to think because he is the villain of. Mm. Well, he's the criminal. He was the cheese monster. Um, I honestly, like, I mean, was he just trying to get the Scooby Snack Factory out of business? Yeah. Well, they say in the exposition, I think it's Daphne that says it. Oh, once the Scooby Snack Factory is down, he can corner the market with his biscuits. Use the formula for his so that people actually like his biscuits. Because, fun fact, no one likes them. No one likes them, yeah. They're disgusting. You see several times Scooby making this face (laughs) along with everybody else Mm -hmm. that's like, these biscuits are gross. Okay, yeah. So he just he wanted to shut down his rival company so that he could corner the market in dog treats. Mm-hmm. His um, motive. Do you think it's a good enough motive for revenge? Honestly, or is it a one and done? I feel like it's more of a one and done. Yeah. But, I mean, out of anything of revenge, I feel like he'd come back for Scooby for eating half his costume. Yeah, true. <laughs> right. He, he made a very good point that the mm-hmm. dog ate half my costume. Yeah. So, but I don't think he'll come back. I think he's just a one and done. That's I mean, how. Currently, I yeah, we haven't seen him again. Okay, I don't feel like it's a good enough revenge. Yeah. Plot. So he does say, "I would have gotten away with it if it hadn't been for you pesky kids mm. and your pup." Oh. He doesn't say a pup named Scooby Doo. He calls them pesky kids mm-hmm. and your pup. All right. That that stuck out in my head because I was like, "Oh, that's mm-hmm. not what I was expecting." <laughs> Any of this to go. Yeah, not the normal mm-hmm. flow of it. At all. So now I just have some little extra tidbits. 
Well, one, we had already talked about uh, that Shaggy's house still has the Christmas decorations up mm-hmm. and on. <laughs> and then you actually saw this one. In, at the beginning, once they lose the Scooby Snacks, like, hey, Scooby, you're freaking out. Let's calm mm-hmm. you down and just watch some TV. They turn it on, and another boomerang cartoon is playing. And I believe it's Huckleberry Hound. Yeah. I watched that all the time as a kid. There's a little blue dog running, yep. a little bow tie. His run is very distinct. Something's chasing him. Once it switched by, I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. I know that <laughs> cartoon. So it was another boomerang cartoon, since in this moment in time, boomerang is mm-hmm. in charge of Scooby-Doo. Oh, my darling. Oh, yep. my darling. You'd always sing that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a so good cartoon. this is our first instance of another Hanna-Barbera property with Scooby-Doo oh. because we will get crossovers eventually. I mean, Scoob is uh, the beginning of a Hanna-Barbera cinematic universe. Oh, I'm so excited for this. I'm- so hyped. Produced by Warner Brothers, thank you. Yes. <laughs> Making all of our dreams come true. Shout out. So, Cade. no word that Huckleberry Hound's going to be in Scoob yet. Um, we do, we know that Blue Falcon and Dynamite will be in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Captain Caveman and the Teen Angels. Then we have uh, Dick Dastardly and Muttley. And I believe that's all that we know right now that's going to in Scoob. Uh, again, Scoob is going to be the beginning of the uh, universe and whatever, so I believe the next movie is going to be the Jetsons in the universe. And then after that, I think it's the Flintstones. Ready for it. I'm so, so ready for this. Like, so exciting. I'm going to... My whole to... childhood is just getting yeah. reanimated. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether to say for better or for worse. That's, I know. We'll have to see how this goes. So I'm really hoping that Scoop is not a total flop mm. and is like a box office bomb. Yes. Please. Really hoping. I mean, the teaser trailer already <laughs> has gone viral. Yeah. It went number so one fast. trending the first day. Like... It, I mean, everybody's grown up on Scooby-Doo. There's mounds of collection of... I mean, I I know for a fact I've seen what you own. But it's everywhere. And you talk Mm. about Scooby-Doo, everyone's like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. It's been going on for 60 years. 51 this year. 51? Okay. Mm. Like, it's it's going. So everybody that I can think of knows about it. Yeah, I mean, I've seen at least some form factor of it you mm-hmm. know so what my big thing is uh i like kind of saddens me but like also excites me is that a lot of the kids that will be going to see scoob won't totally know who these other Hanna barbera characters are it's true but, so i mean it's gonna be sad because they're not like gonna be excited to see him but at the same time it excites me because they're getting introduced to him well, it was the same as Finding Dory and, like, all the different yeah. Toy Stories. It's like, you see all these little ones, and it's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to run you over yep. out of my way. I've been waiting 12 <laughs> to 13 years for this. Yep. Hashtag The Incredibles 2. <sighs> 15 years of waiting. Man, I, sit, I almost ran over my cousin. I will not lie. I went to the movies with my aunt, my uncle, and my little cousin, along with me, myself, and my grandma. I was the first one in that theater. Oh, yes. I was running my nine-year-old cousin over. <laughs> it's like, out of my way. I'm here. I'm ready. Like, 
not even not ashamed of it like she's fine i didn't actually remember but like i was close yeah. <laughs> had she not sidestepped true would yep. have ran into her <laughs> was ready and i feel like this is gonna be the mm-hmm. same with a lot of us because we were one of the youngest ones when it yeah was making its way the, so yeah I, the last theatrical film was in 2004 for scooby yeah so i mean it's been 16 years so I'm gonna run over some small kids. Oh, I'm yeah. I mean, I'm gonna dress up. I'm gonna take my Scooby stuffed animal. Well, you already like, look like Shaggy. I mean, I know. Just gotta put on the pants, the shirt. Oh, yes. Take your little stuffed Scoob. I mean, like, the blue hair might. <laughs> yeah, I have blue hair right now. <laughs> it looks amazing. Oh, I love it's it. It's fantastic. Ugh. It fits. It can't go away now. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I'm gonna pre-order tickets as soon as I can. Do I'm it. like, I'm ready for this freaking film. And plot twist: I was a part of a promo. I haven't even talked about this. Oh my gosh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so they did a promo for Scoob. I know this isn't pop name Scooby Doo, but we're talking about it. It's Scooby Doo. And uh, so in November, maybe a weekish after the teaser trailer had dropped. Warner Brothers had emailed me, and they basically asked me to sign permission for them to use footage from my reaction video uh, to the Scoob teaser trailer film um, in some marketing stuff. And if you didn't know, I have a YouTube channel. It's called Smash, lowercase s-m, uppercase a-s-h. If you search Ashton Hardy, it should be one of the first ones that pops up. If you want to go check out some of my videos, you can get to know me a little more personally there and see the video. Um, But anyway, yeah, so then a few weeks ago, uh, they released a promo ad on the social media of Scoob, and basically it's a bunch of YouTubers that reacted to the teaser trailer, and basically they were trying to say, like, everybody's, like, hyped Everyone loves Scoob. Yeah, everyone loves Scoob and whatever. And so, yeah, anyways, I was a part of it. They included me in there. But uh, here's a little insider on contracts. (laughs) The contract says that I signed away for them to use any of that footage for all marketing, video marketing, and for all sequels. Ooh. So. Interesting. I mean, I know in that reaction trailer you brought up Mm -hmm. a little if they did a sequel. Yes. So, I mean, so could be used. That's, yeah, it's, like, I, I mean, obviously you have to read all the fine print in a contract, but that's, it's just stuck out to me. It was like, you're signing that we can use this for all sequels. So, that's, I was like, okay. It's cool. I know so, that you were excited. I got a whole text about it. It was like a oh, screenshot, and it was like, so excited. big things. It was like, thanks for helping, and it was, oh, I think I yeah, screamed for him. I, I was did, like, yes! I didn't send a picture of the contract. I did. No, a, it was just like the thanks for signing. Yeah, after I signed it, I sent him yeah. a screenshot, and it was like, thanks for participating. And because, well, it was one of those, like, is this real? And then, like, you know, I went into it and checked it out and whatever, and I was like, this is legit. And I, like, texted my girlfriend, Mariah. I was like... Um, I am being noticed by the almighty Scoob. (laughs) So, anyway, it was great. So. Well, this, number one, this podcast is all over the place. Oh, yes. But, hey, you got to throw those ones (laughs) in there. You know, it's 
all about Scooby-Doo. This, see, this is what I'm excited about doing a Scooby-Doo podcast about a timeline for Scooby-Doo because as much fun as it is to go into, uh, like, history of Scooby-Doo, like, in real life, the history of how Scooby came to be and where it is now, I just feel like there's tons of information about that that you can already look up and know and whatever. Mm -hmm. This way we get to really dive deep into the universe of Scooby-Doo you know, where... It's extensive. Yeah, well, and people don't realize that. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, we really get to get into some of the deep details. We get to learn why Scooby can talk. We get to learn mm-hmm. you know, where the Scooby snacks come from. We could, you know, just so so much more details and whatever, and that's why I'm so excited. I'm excited for all the crossovers yeah. that Scooby has had. Because mm-hmm. how do you fit those into the timeline? Because they're exactly. two different universes crossing together Mm -hmm. like in this timeline where is it how does it fit in the scooby Mm -hmm. and since we're only in what episode three yeah (laughs) right now it's really difficult to keep a basically cohesive timeline at the beginning it's why we're all over the place it's like oh here's our little starting timeline Mm -hmm. but oh this fits in here this fits in way over here a couple years down the road we have to build all those holes so Mm -hmm. we can guide it is it flows yeah exactly so excited when you told me he was making this podcast about a timeline i was like yes well i had wanted to do a podcast for so long a scooby-doo podcast but i just kept like there's there's nothing like new that i could bring to the table and luckily someone on twitter was like yo talk about this timeline that warner brothers refuses to acknowledge and i was like we're doing that so it's true they release everything yeah. i'm really excited for scoop though because they do dive into yeah. when they're kids mm-hmm. and once they get older where does the movie fit in yep to everything else that's already out already going i mean obviously when they're kids it's gonna happen before what we're watching yeah. right now but that's see I how want... they meet yeah yeah but I wonder, yeah, once they're older in that film, where that's going to fit. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's, I'm so excited. And how far does When They Meet go? True. Because mm-hmm. are they just showing us that first initial? Are yeah. they going to show us throughout their life? Mm-hmm. Are, is Warner Brothers going to acknowledge the little ones? Mm-hmm. Or are they not? Like, what is happening? Yeah. I know that you see in the teaser trailer it shows for, like, a Halloween that it looks like yeah. they're just barely meeting. Yep, they meet on Halloween. It, I'm in. I'm interested. Yeah. Because based on how young they are and how young they are in a pup named Scooby Doo, mm-hmm. where does that fit? Yeah. How far are you going? Where does it fit in when you're teens? Mm-hmm. So excited. So I know we're getting we're getting close. Yeah. We're actually in the year of Scoob, recording this. Woo. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, so again, it's like we were saying, we're very early in the timeline, but. I mean, I guess you kind of just said, but what do you what do you want to see in the timeline? Like, what do you want to learn? Or I want to learn more definitely about the crossovers. Okay, that is the thing that I am really interested. Mm-hmm. When you brought, you told me that you were finally doing it with Mariah. Mm-hmm. You were doing this whole timeline podcast. That was the one thing I was personally really excited to see <laughs> is where you start, where you end, and where the crossovers fit in, along with all of their. Yeah. Regular series, movies, everything like that. Because they've done several crossovers. Oh, oh, there's a whole series of crossovers. Dude, when you get to Scooby Natural, (laughs) I would love to be a guest host again. Yes. That one... um, It's probably the one I'm personally most excited (laughs) for. That one, I mean, takes place in a uh, original episode of Mm -hmm. Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Um... 
Yeah, so that one, that one's going to be kind of hard because as we're talking about Scooby right now, we're talking about as if Scooby is its own universe, whereas Supernatural goes into a TV show. And so it's a little harder to kind of depict that, but it's going to be interesting. Well, it's still, they go into the TV show, which is Mm -hmm. Scooby's own universe. Yeah. It's still, they go into Scooby-Doo's universe. Mm -hmm. So you can randomly bring it up because you have to first start, what is it? Uh, What's the title called of the Scooby-Doo episode? Oh, A Night of Fright is No Delight. That one. (laughs) Because you have to review that one first and keep it in order. Mm -hmm. That's the timeline. And then what happens when that crossover hits? Same as so, when you get to any of the other crossovers. like My guess for that right now, which we'll dive deeper once we get into it, but just for right now, while it's on, on our heads, um, so you have the classic episode. Those events happen. So my guess, okay, so and here's my thing. Mm-hmm. So for me, timeline and universe are two separate things. We're in the Scooby universe, and so it has a timeline. Mm-hmm. That's this is just for me personally. This is how I perceive it. So when they, so in the Scooby Natural episode, that's Supernatural's universe. So there's a like a almost like a timeline meet. Okay. Almost, and it's connected. Your timelines are crossing yes. over. There's a little point where it mm-hmm. meets. I get you. Yes. Interesting. So we have the original episode. Right after that, it's almost like a alternate. You know, it's where they cross, yeah. and that's where gonna happen i'm so excited now to (laughs) hear this i'm so excited for this timeline so but it's it's gonna be one of those the gang won't remember it Mm -hmm. the supernatural characters will well the way that at the ending of supernatural it goes Mm -hmm. there's this little ghost child that they use spoiler alert sorry spoiler (laughs) alert if you haven't seen it and you don't want to know go watch (laughs) if you have if you've already seen it, cool. If you don't care, awesome. We're getting it. Yeah. <laughs> but in the ending of the episode, there's a little ghost child from the supernatural universe yeah. that uses its mysterious supernatural powers to reset yep. back to mm-hmm. the original episode. And it fakes it all. It They explain that, oh, we lied. It's not real. Mm-hmm. It's just some shady real estate agent. Yeah, yeah. So... It's interesting that you see that meet that you're mm-hmm. talking about where the timelines cross over yeah. and boom, it split second, it's different, mm-hmm. it resets it, splits back up again, yeah. back into the timelines. So is that the way with all crossovers? Is it not? Um, it's not going to be with all because, again, there is a whole series. It's mm-hmm. the new Scooby-Doo movies. Well, and the newest series right now, Scooby-Doo and Guess Who, where they have uh, guest characters and people come and whatever like well in uh the news well and so they've they meet batman multiple times and so um just watching those we know that batman exists in the scooby universe because okay. it's never like they go into what world it's just like oh we're in gotham so, so now here's the question so does that mean that the DC universe mm-hmm. is the same universe as the Scooby-Doo universe. Yeah, we'll have to get into that. So, um, The latest movie with Batman, uh, it's Scooby-Doo and Batman, the Brave and the Bold, uh, points to yes, because we actually get, uh, well, they go into Gotham, and long story short, at one point, they're in, like, the, the Gotham 
prison thing. I don't know what they call it. Yeah. And, of course, Shaggy and Scooby accidentally release them. All of the villains and whatever of DC. <laughs> oh. And so we get to see that whole thing ensue. And so, yeah, I... Uh, just from that movie, again, we will dive deeper into it, but just just looking at that movie, I do believe, yes, Scooby-Doo exists in the DC universe, which is All interesting. Right. That is very interesting. So, That's, you know, food for thought. Yeah, yeah. Throwing that out there, let you think about <laughs> that one. So. Um, I'm trying to think of some other crossovers that are like, whoa. Because, I mean, we see the Harlem Globetrotters with them, and... I mean, we well, we see like Don Knotts, we see yeah. Dick Van Dyke, like you know, we is see it? celebrities. Yeah. So. No, I know John Cena's in there. Yeah, there's too. there's two WWE movies. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's, and Kiss. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I've seen that one. It's a great one. So and then yeah. I'm That's sure. that's just personally what I'm super excited okay. to see is mm-hmm. the crossovers because when you're making a timeline. Yeah. It's one of. Some, throws a little wrench in that timeline yep. and you're like mm-hmm. hey how does it fit because then you have to think are they part of the universe are they there yeah. mm-hmm. are you entering is your universe expanding shrinking mm-hmm. what is happening with the timeline yeah I'm, just, I'm so excited for that you know I'm excited for everything but you know <laughs> supportive sister oh yes <laughs> whatever <laughs> tooting my own horn over here <laughs> so yes once we yeah once we get to like the, the screen natural we'll get you back on for Sweet. that one um and then well so just random side story again with the whole super scooby natural supernatural uh that one takes place in the original series and at the end so the events of that series so that's actually going to be the third series okay that we'll get into okay or the third no the fourth the fourth so we go um Pup named Scooby-Doo, we have a movie, then we have What's New Scooby-Doo, then we have a few movies, and then I haven't totally dived into this too much yet, but the timeline actually shifts. Ooh. Um, and so it'll shift, then we're going to have the Daphne and Velma movie, and then we're going to have Scooby-Doo the Mystery Begins, and then um, we're going to shift again and go into Mystery Incorporated. Mystery Incorporated is going to be where it explains so much of, like, why the timeline's going this way and why there's timeline shifts and whatever. Okay. So, long story short. So, (laughs) Mystery Incorporated, at the end of the series, I mean, throughout the series, we learn about this evil entity. And this evil entity has manipulated the world. And it has basically manipulated the gang to be together. It has forced the gang to be together. And, um, again, the timeline shifts and whatever, and you, we see them meet multiple times because, you know, you're like, they're kids, they know each other right now. Yeah. Then we see them as teenagers meet and the mystery begins. Um, again, the timeline shifts, but that evil entity forces them together, makes sure that they're together. And... Um, well, the question is, why is it an evil entity? Ooh, yeah, we'll get into we'll that. We'll get into that. That was just my <laughs> brain out loud. But um, we also learned that uh, everything has already happened before. Everything they're doing has happened before. And, like, we jump into Mr. Incorporated, and they have already solved 
the cases of Scooby-Doo, where are you? They've already done the 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo, and you're going to get into it and be like, wait, 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 like, we haven't seen that. Like, mm-hmm. like sure, we might know about it because we've watched them or whatever, but, like, you know, as the timeline goes, we didn't see that. When did this all happen? That timeline hasn't grown that far yet. We're not there. Yeah. But it has. But it has. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. So then once the, the timeline... So they, you know, they destroy the evil entity, blah, 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 and basically they they reset the timeline in a way and so they make it so that that evil entity never manipulated the world never had any influence on anything whatever so they they go into this new timeline thinking they created a world without mysteries you know there's like the evil entity never created these mysteries and whatever Mm -hmm. so there's this professor that we meet uh throughout the series and he we learn that he's like a book writer and whatever so he actually like um sends them a video and is like yeah basically well because they go into this new timeline too mm-hmm. and nobody knows all the all the events that just happened like they have no memory of it and whatever and so they're like wait what just happened whatever so this professor is mm-hmm. all hey like i know you made the timeline shift like i i know you made a new timeline you mm-hmm. reset everything however and he's, he's like, across the country, and he's all, I have... Well, in, in that series, they're in Crystal Cope. Oh. Because they're in Coolsville right now, you know? Yeah. So, anyway, um, he's all, I've made spots available for you at this university. You know, come to where I am. I'll help you out and whatever. And he's all, solve every mystery along the way. And so, you know, it, like, goes out. They get into the van. They drive away. We see them driving. And then the laugh track goes off. And it leads right into Scooby-Doo, where are you? And so they're solving every mystery as they're going to this university. And that's when we see those mysteries because they hadn't happened now that they had reset the timeline. Okay. And that is a good way to kind of stop, reset. Yep. It connects those timelines back Mm -hmm. together. And um, that's then they make their way back to Coolsville. So. I dig it. Anyway. I do. (laughs) There's some deep lore there for you excited i cannot <laughs> wait till you get into that oh i'm so excited for mr incorporate i love that series okay <laughs> moment over <laughs> okay anyways i think that's gonna do it for this episode well thank you for having me as a oh, guest yes. host please come back <laughs> anytime i am gonna need some help throughout these <laughs> little bit while we're letting mariah get better mm-hmm. please get better so yeah you can find the podcast you can reach out to us on twitter at sd legend podcast it is the same for instagram sd legend podcast we also have an email if you'd like to talk to us more personally or give us any suggestions or tell us what you like what you don't like and that is sd legend podcast at gmail.com you can also leave a wonderful review hopefully on apple podcasts or you can also leave comments if you are listening to this on our youtube channel and yeah that's gonna do it for this week's episode again thank you for joining me yeah thank you for having me and next week we are going to actually be doing episode four (laughs) which is the schnook who took my comic book so yeah thank you all for listening we'll catch you in the next one Goodbye!